Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Let's go, Mikey and Christchurch. G'day, Mikey. Oh, Daffy, how are you, mate? Good, Mike. 27 degrees here, and there's no shade. Oh, oh, <laughs> you're breaking. You're breaking. <laughs> I am breaking. Um, the, the, one I can, the one that comes to mind, and it's probably possibly the most obvious one, um, when I was an Isle of Man, and, and I, again, I had my Irish mate with me, and we are watching the TV All Blacks versus South Africa, and it might have been 2003 or 2002, and the... Uh, and then the spectator comes running onto the field and tackles the ref. Oh, the big Remember unit. That? Yes, the big unit. The big unit. And he fucking ass crack hanging out everywhere and he was he was he was wasn't he was a he's a bit of a fatty. And then and then old Richie McCall kind of grabs him and then dumps him on the ground and the entire bar, which was an England crowd, just cheered and cheered and cheered. <laughs> 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 so while it was kind of shocking, it was really funny. It, it was yeah. funny. And Richie put his arm around him, didn't he, and gave him a couple of uppercuts. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, and make sure the ref was okay and everything. So, yeah, that's mine. That's for me. Nice work. Have Cheers, a good show. Cheers, Mikey. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, bud. <laughs> um, let's go to Joey in Auckland. G'day, Joey. Hello, Joey. He's not there. Oh, he's just come on now. Joey. There he yeah. is. Yeah, hello, mate. Look, um... Um, they're two with uh, football and um, they're both uh, about Man United and, and Man City fans used to sing um, the, the two Neville brothers played for England right, they played they were, they were um, left back, right back and they played for England and they're, they're pretty good footballers but the, um, the Man City fans used to sing if the Neville brothers can play for England so can I if the Neville brothers can play for England so can I and the other one was um, Barthez he was the French goalkeeper for um, Man United, and um, he split up with his uh, wife, and they used to, and the Man City fans used to sing, "Where's your missus gone?" Da 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 da. da. Where's what <laughs> behind the goal when he was there? Where's your missus gone? But just fantastic, you know. Just that's the, the humour of um, English football, you know, fans, isn't it? You know, oh, they are. They are so good, and you know, I was lucky to be sort of boundary side when the Barmy Army's been here with England and their chance and their their intelligence of humour is amazing the English sports fan Oh it is mate you know they, they just make up you know there's a, a, there's a couple more uh, when I, I was over there when Brian Robson was captain in England and um, Man United were playing Liverpool and there was a, little, uh, a Man United guy was um, uh, he's a defender but he got injured and he, he was up on a rape charge and they were they were yelling out his name, and Brian Robson went over over to him, and he's England captain, and they just started abusing Brian Robson. And I'm looking at my mate going, he's England captain, and they go, doesn't care, he's playing for Man United. Not that was that it was at Anfield. Wow. He, he said he's he playing for, he said he's playing for Man United. Not I said, but when he's playing for England, you love him. And they said, yeah. And they were just abusing him. You know, they were telling him to f off, f off, Robson, f off, brother. It was just amazing. And and but that's the humour. You know, I mean. It's you know as I say the Neville brothers were were, were pretty good players. I mean they both played for England as I say in football, and that's what they used to chant. If the Neville brothers can play for England, so can I. Mm. Unbelievable, mate! Fantastic. Game. Yeah, awesome. Really awesome. And last of all, Steph, um, go the morning manawit. Oh, you're talking my language. 
You're talking about I know, you. mate. <laughs> Look, they're my second side. A guy's got my, my mates have been giving me a hard time about this. And I said, they're my second side now. And I said, I hope next year, I said, they win a heap of games. I said, they will. They will, I'm telling you. They'll come right. They'll win more than last year or this season. They'll win more than this season. <laughs> I hope so, Steph. I hope so. Yeah. Okay, you have a good day. You too, buddy. Thanks, Joey. Actually, um, of course, I follow Manawatu Rugby on Facebook, and uh, they've been dripping out their um, signings for next year. And they have signed a bunch of young locals that have come through the academy, they've played for the Evergreens, and I applaud that. I don't expect instant success next year, but I love that they're going old school and developing the youngsters, putting them through academies, age groups, the Evergreens, which is one or two B, if you like. And now they're going to get their crack. There's going to be some youngsters. There's going to be a lot of lessons. But uh, I do like that they have recruited um, from the youth in the district. Fantastic. Let's go to Melbourne. Talk to Darren. G'day, Darren. Hey, Staffy. How are you? Good, mate. You've probably seen a bit, of, a few sights at sports games in Australia. Oh uh, yeah, but funnily enough, this one's in um, Christchurch when we went to Crusaders uh, Chiefs. Um, this lady in front of us came and sat down with four beers, which you know, you know what the prices are like. They're not they're not cheap. Yeah. And she's sitting next to this, you know, father with a couple of kids who was just just enjoying the match. And I don't know if you've been to, well, you probably have been to Christchurch, but you know when they kick the ball out, if you catch it, yeah, you get a packet of sausages. That's right. Well. Her partner on it, on her right thought he'd have a crack at catching the ball, knocked her, and she threw her beer, her four beers over this poor bloke next to her. <laughs> and like I kid you not, all we heard was like this, shh, you know, of of liquid, and she's spewing because she goes, "Oh my god, it cost me fifty bucks for these beers." <laughs> and this poor bloke, I kid you not, it was head to toe. It was just, and she couldn't have been more apologetic. And the bloke even missed the ball, so it was useless. <laughs> I, was gonna, I thought and, you were uh, going to say so. She, she gave him the sausages. <laughs> no, this bloke behind just plucked the ball out of thin air, and this guy got nothing. And he didn't even like. It was just so comical to see, happened so quickly, and this this poor bugger just, <laughs> just caked in beer. <laughs> So it was, um, yeah. I mean, I've seen some bad things at sporting games, but that one just, as soon as you said it, came to mind that we, we all just laughed. It was just so funny. Even the guy covered in beer was laughing. Yeah. So it was uh, nothing personal. It's good to witness those sorts of things in real life, isn't it? Well, especially when you think that the pack of sausages probably cost five bucks. Yeah, I know. You know? I know. <laughs> but it's quite funny so, when you watch on TV, because people might not know that unless you've been there. You'll always hear when the, when the kick goes out, it's just a touch finder, and there's a big cheer in the crowd. People won't realise that, oh, he's, he's caught the sausages or he's dropped the sausages. Oh, it's a great incentive because since then, like you said, when I watch the Crusaders, I, I do know what's going on when the ball gets kicked out. I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. you wait for that, and you just you don't need to see it. You know by the crowd noise whether they've caught it or not. Yes, um, I'm, I'm, and one other thing, I'm gonna I've got a couple of busy busy couple of days. Have a great Christmas, mate. If I don't talk to you, yeah, you too, bud. I really enjoy uh, your calls from uh, from a Kiwi over in Aussie and keeping it real. I do enjoy that. All right, thanks, mate. Look forward to hearing you next year. Cheers, buddy. There is uh, one of the great callers, Darren, from Melbourne. Um, Just waiting. No, we're not waiting for that call. Okay, we are going to take a break. Uh, Midday Madness, we're only going to go till about 12.40 today because we've got a crammed show. Um, 
and we have half the listeners because the other half are listening to Rural Roundup at the moment with the great Andy Thompson and Neeps, I think. Um, so, yeah, they'll all rejoin us at one o'clock. So uh, get on the phone, you good folk from Auckland and Wellington. Uh, frequencies 0800 150 the funniest things you've seen at a live sports event. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. 0800-150-811 is our number. You're on the afternoons with Staffy. In the midst of midday madness, we're here in association with Gold. Gold.nz is their website. That's where you go and register. And they'll let you know when their super-duper economical stuff, known as petrol, is cheaper. And make sure you do it before you go on your road trips. A lot of driving done over December, January. So uh, be safe. Give truck space. Don't speed up in passing lanes unless you're unless you're doing the passing yourself. Be patient and get there safe. And fuel up with Gull. Gull.nz, they fuel your mission all year round, including Christmas. Um, Staffy, back in the 90s, I saw Imran Khan take his shirt off during a break at Eden Park. It was the catalyst for def- defibrillators being installed at sports venues. <laughs> Kimberly. <laughs> Oh, Kimberly, you're a champion. Um, I love your honesty. Um, what's cooking today, Kimberly? What's 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 cooking? Uh, Staffy from Ken, definitely behind Argentina to win the cup. Now I think it's theirs. Cheers from Ken. Even though you've got Morocco, that's okay. Okay. Um, Thanks to all at SENZ Radio. Great hosts and producers you have given us a daily sports show. Merry Christmas to you all from Chris from Foxton, your champion, Chris. He's our boxing expert. Um, I suggested he had a lime Foxton fizz yesterday, but I, I think I think he suggested he had a different coloured fizzy drink, and that colour being brown in the afternoon. And why not? And why not? Um, 0800 150 I think we got Dean from... Oh, we haven't. Okay. I can see Dean from Dean. He's there now. He's there now. Dino, g'day, buddy. Yeah, mate, I just said to your yeah, sidekick there that um, have you got your Argentinian shirt on? I haven't. I haven't. Like, I hope they win because it will ease the economical strain that is Christmas and New Year. I mean, if you, if you put in 20 bucks in a sweep, that I'm sort of guessing... And it's just winner takes all. I think you could go down to the local champion of the world shop and you could shirt yourself an Argentinian shirt. Well, no I could. The problem is the money hasn't been collected yet. It was a great idea to do an office sweep. It's 10 bucks a head, but the money hasn't been collected and it's up to whoever wins the sweep to collect it. I think that's wrong. Oh, well, mate, at the end of the day, French going to win it anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you said that with a, a, a modicum of uh, authority too, Dean. Oh, my TAB account is so, so, let's hope so. Seven bucks is way better than two. Yes, that's right. Bang on. Well, sit there nervous, sit nervously. Actually, to be brutally honest, I'd love Morocco to win it. Oh, actually, I would too. You know, sweepstake be damned. I'd love Morocco to win it. What a story that'd be. Well, they said way back when Cameroon, I was over in London, 1990, in Cameroon, there was a guy, Miller, I think. Roger. I really first started watching. Yeah, it could have been Roger Miller too. He was bloody up there with the goals as well for the golden boot thing, but... They said it's only a matter of time and an African nation's going to win it. So, And they will, because they just, you know, they chase everything. They don't dive all over the place. It's the only thing I've got against Argentina. Mm. And I know it's part of the game, so you can't blame them, you know. 
And Mickey, to his credit today, like, for me, that was a goal of the tournament, that second one. How good was that? That like, was amazing. If Rolodinho did that years ago to England, he ran through bloody the whole team and passed it over to the gap one and he just whacked it in the net. But that, that's football at best. But even Messi, when he passed that one into the other guy that I punt on to score the first goal, and he never bloody does because was, Messi always gets a penalty. He, um, he, he could have dived in too, but he didn't. He stayed on his feet, put a cracker ball in, and what a goal. So, you know, they're just they're magicians, aren't they? Like, I don't even, I've never played football staff. I had one game at Kingsville High School for a laugh, and yeah, that's enough for me. But the way they can control their ball at that speed, and then just turn around on a dime. I don't know how the hell they do it. But they do. For me, they deserve the money they get paid. It's entertainment. The stadiums are chocker. Outside, the bars are chocker. The big screen areas are chocker. Like, it's the most viewed sport on the planet, isn't it? The Football World Cup. I think I've heard that or read that somewhere. And rightly so. Who, who wouldn't like it? It's been fantastic viewing. It has been absolutely fantastic viewing. I think it'd have to go. I don't know. I'm not a stat person at all, but there must be more goals scored in this than any other World Cup. There's only been one dud game, and it was England America. I couldn't watch them this week, and I went to bloody Tikapo fishing, and that you couldn't get it on the phone. Like, well, we've got Sky at the pub, so it's easy to watch there. But jeez, um, so two games I missed. But the England France game. A mate of mine rang me and says, man, you missed the crack every game. I listen to it on the radio, but when I listen to rugby on the radio, Steph, I can see it in my head. Mm. When I listen to football on the radio, it's like a horse race and you're running fifth. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, that can go from one end to the other in two seconds. You can't do that in rugby. Oh, it's just a great watch, mate. Like I say, they, they say league's great on TV, but there's only four guys ever doing any bloody thing. And it is good for TV. If you go watch it live, there's... I don't know what the mess. Eighteen of them standing around doing nothing. But mm. you know, it's still it's good for TV. But football, I don't know how far do they run? Like how much fluid do they lose? Oh, a lot. Yeah, they do a lot. Yeah. Hey, Dean. Oh. Uh, good chatting. We got to go for the news. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, bud. Yeah, same to you, buddy. And good luck on uh, Monday morning. But uh, you're going to get second. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dean's going to come first. I'm going to come second. Dean, you're not in the final yet. You're not in the final yet. Uh, new sport and weather. We'll be back. Listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Afternoons with Steffi in association with Gull. Good to have your company along with them as well. Gull.nz, fuel your mission all year round, particularly at this time of year when there's lots of driving, lots of boating. Get yourself to go for the economical fuel. Uh, funny things you've seen on the fields of play. I've written down uh, five. that j- I, When Sam said that's what we're going to do, I said, OK. And I just grabbed pen and paper. The first one I wrote, Warren Gatland, clown nose. Remember when the Herald brought out a story and said he was a clown when he was coaching the Lions? And at, after the next test press conference, Warren Gatlin turned up and pulled a clown nose out of his jacket and put it on. I thought touche, Gats. When we draw, when we drew, I oh know when they won in Wellington. Yeah, and then uh, we did it. Well, then the Herald did it to Checker, and he got he got well fired up, didn't yeah. he, Checker? I still remember that press conference. I think it came across my memories the other day because uh-huh. it was after Eden Park. Checker came on having a massive cry. There was a controversial last minute play. Um, I actually do remember it, but I won't bore you with the details. And then he had a massive cry, and then Steve Hansen came in afterwards, and they asked him about – and it was it was a bit of a 
sort of war of words. It was petty, but I sort of loved it. Yeah. But yeah, I remember the clown nose from, from Gats. And one that I recalled yesterday, actually, um, when we were talking about sporting punishers and um, a few people thought Greg Matthews was a punisher, um, the mm. Aussie cricketer. And I was, at, again, at a game at the Basin Reserve. And um, he's quite lippy, Greg Matthews. Sure. Quite lippy. And someone threw a toilet seat at him. Jesus. And uh, someone in the crowd said, um, I can't say word for word what he said, but he basically said, put it round your head because you're a... I saw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, quite often uh, the French rugby team play... On Bastille Day, and you quite often see a rooster hit the field. I always look oh, for a rooster when they play on Bastille Day. Well, that reminds me of, um, and you know, broken record. Um, the Detroit Red Wings have a tradition <laughs> where they throw a squid onto the ice. Um, I, th- I, I don't actually know why they do it. Someone will tell me why they do it. I don't know if it's like first goal of the season or something at the home ice arena, or if someone scores. Like in hockey, if someone scores a hat trick, everyone throws their hats on. Do you know this? No. Everyone throws their hats on the ice. So if you're at a hockey game, NHL in America, and some guy could score a hat-trick, everyone throws their hats on the ice. And the, the old rule is the player who scores the hat-trick goes round and picks the one he wants to keep. Everyone else's gets put into bags that they then leave in a section outside the stadium. Afterwards, you go back and pick your hat, pick your hat up. Really? Yeah, 100%. That, and that's across any team, any any stadium. You like do a that. team cap or whatever's on your whatever head. Whatever you wear to the ground on your head, if you're wearing a cap, you throw on the ice. So I'd have to, I'd, I'd have to take my um, Brothers Incorporated cap. Correct. And throw it on the ice. And, and that's s- probably the one they're going to pick up. Yeah. So you won't get it back, but everyone else gets it back at the end. Someone would take this cap. Yeah. The uh, I'm reading this from Kez here. Uh <laughs> the number of having eight arms at octopus symbolizes the number of playoff wins necessary for winning the Stanley Cup. But I'm not sure why they throw it. Oh, it started in 1952 when some brothers hurled it onto the ring. Oh, yeah, so I still don't know why they do it. Like, in what situation do they do it? Throw a, a full-size squid. Yeah, or octopus. Yep. Uh, octopus. Octopus, yep. Um, and it reminded me as well of, sticking with ice hockey, um, a guy called Ty Domi. I don't know if you recognize the name, Ty Domi. When you used to watch fight highlights of NHL, it was always Ty Domi. He was just a menace, an absolute battler. And there's a, there's a famous video staff, and obviously I wasn't there, but someone might have been there, and this would be their crazy moment, where a fan was leaning over the glass and yelling at him in the penalty box, and he got his water bottle, and he sprayed him in the face with his water bottle, which I think is great. And then the fan basically jumped the glass, and, and it sort of fell as he jumped it. And so now... Ty Domi and the fan are fighting in the in the penalty box. A fan and a player fighting in the penalty box. It's like Malice in the Palace, right? That's got to be one of the weirdest things. That's one of the weirdest things, yeah. Yeah. My uh, my personal one, which was actually at high school, um, I won't name names, but we were playing a uh, second 11 football game and um, middle of the game, it was teeming with rain. And out of the uh, boarding house, one of the boarding houses, which shall not be named, came a fully nude young male running out of the boarding house and then just sliding along the ground in the puddle. And then what preceded that was about 10 or 15 other naked boys running out of the house, sliding along the puddle. And look, Steph, I'll be honest with you, mid-game, mid it's a distraction. <laughs> mid-football game, that's a distraction. Uh, but, yeah, certainly one of the more bizarre things I've experienced. I'll tell you the one streaking story, which I may have told you before. Again, mm. Basin Reserve. Always. Um, and it was it had come out in the paper that there'd be a five hundred dollar fine if anyone's because streaking had become a thing again. Mm. There'd be a five hundred dollar fine ejected from the ground, five thousand dollar fine. Sorry. So in secret, there was a collection went around the grass bank 
collecting $5,000. The guy said, I'll streak, but collect the 5000 <laughs> 5000 was collected. Wow. And he's crouching down behind the white pickets, and there's a security guard about three metres to his right, but can't see him because he's behind the pickets. It took his gear off, so he's crouched down fully nude, and then the crowd starts, run, Forrest, run, run, Forrest, <laughs> oh, run. And it great. got louder and louder and louder, and up he went, out hurdled, straight across the other side, climbed the bank, jumped the fence, and disappeared, never to be seen again. Wow. Got $5,000, wasn't caught. Worth it. Kept it. Worth it. Yep. We will have a break. When we come back, we're going to catch up with Kiwi rally driver Hayden Patton.